This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat, and we're so excited for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and so are the Pittsburgh Penguins, that they completely forgot they had two games over the weekend. Two of the most lackluster performances, they won a game 7-2 by the way, and I'm still saying this, two of the most lackluster performances, or at least games to watch that I can remember in recent memory. And one of them was a 7-2 victory, and the other one was a game against the Flyers. So a very strange weekend for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll talk about all three games since the last time we recorded, including that victory over the Boston Bruins Thursday night. We'll look ahead to the final week of the NHL's regular season, and then we'll look even further ahead to potential first-round matchups for the Pittsburgh Penguins in our weekly Pens poll. Horwat, have you ever just sat back and watched two performances like this and just been like, okay, the guys on the ice don't really care. It seems like they're just kind of trying not to get injured. I kind of am not as invested either. Like, obviously we watched the games, but when you watched it, you're like, okay, they lost one of them. And then, okay, they won by five. The other one, it's like, I'm just going to go on with my day. Nothing else to really unpack. Yeah, I've, I've watched sports like that. We've been rooting for the Pirates for the last 25 years of our lives. Hey, listen, David Bednar is electric, okay? He is. Uh, also, big shout-out to the Pirates for bouncing back from a 21 to nothing loss with a victory. Imagine being outscored, what was it, 20, I forget what it was, 27 to, like, 12 in the entire series and still losing two of the games. Big shouts to the Pirates, but uh, you know what? I think I have seen the Pirates or the Penguins take games off before, uh, and I kind of don't care right now. I'm going to be totally honest. I don't care if they take that game that game in Philly off. Mm-mm. Philly's terrible. <laughs> Louis Domingue was in net. That's whatever. Uh, but beyond that, it's the team. The Flyers are just they're terrible. There's no other way around it. They they didn't want to be there. Most of them didn't want to be there. They haven't wanted to be on the ice for months now, it seems. It's not good. And one thing I will fall back on, that no matter the situation of how good or bad either team between the Penguins or Flyers are, like no matter how good or bad either team is, that's always a game that has some sort of intensity and can go either way. It's like playing Boston in the playoffs. If, the, if Boston squeaks into the playoffs, there's still Boston – and they're still Boston in the postseason. With the Flyers, it doesn't matter how bad they may be. They're still going to play the Penguins hard, and it's still going to be a game. It doesn't matter how good or bad the teams are. Um, there's a compete level there. It's that rivalry that does something to both teams that the Flyers pick up their game a little bit. Now, granted, like I said, neither team really picked up their game at all on Sunday, but... Um, Clearly, there was still a little piece there. Someone wanted to be there, and they just happened to play for the Flyers. Yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite end of those things. I really think, like, I'm not going to say that the Penns-Flyers rivalry is dead because it'll never be dead. I think it's in a coma, though. It's it's comatose it's... right now because the Flyers are so bad that I wasn't— ex- Usually, it's, 
appointment television, pens, flyers, and I even tell everybody I know, I've told my fiance, I've told everybody, do not text me during this game. It's going to be intense. My heart rate is going to be up no matter the stakes, no matter where either team is. Yesterday, I was watching on and off. Now, I rewatched the game because that's what I like to do. But when it was live, I, I went to Target. I went to places. It was nothing. This is a comatose rivalry right now and will not be back until the Philadelphia Flyers are good again. And at that point, I mean, who knows where the Penguins will be because the Flyers should be at the very beginning of a rebuild. But luckily for them, like you said, they at least had a couple guys. The only people that seemed like they wanted to be in that game yesterday were two guys that were playing in their first ever Flyers versus Penguins game, which is Noah Cates and Owen Tippett. And then also Morgan Frost, who's played in this rivalry before, but a very young and talented player. That line is the only line of people that I saw that had any desire to play in that game yesterday. Yeah. No one cared to be there. <clears throat> I I just do think that the rivalry being between these two teams, there's always going to be a little something. I just think this game fell at a bad time. If the Penguins were still fighting for a playoff spot, I bet they play a little harder. Mm-hmm. If... Like, you subtract a month from the season and put this game there. Uh, yeah, the Flyers are still very bad. But at bare minimum, the Penguins show up probably. Yeah. I think there's just something about it coming this late in the season. We have two games left now. The Pens are in. The Flyers have been dead and gone and buried. I just feel like it was a matter of the Penguins had to show up, had to do something, and just not get hurt. Then we saw Crystal Tang take a puck off the hand. Yeah. And it got scary. But like I said, it's... The Penguins didn't care to be there. Those three guys are going to be problems for years to come if they stay in Philadelphia. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher might not be smart, so who knows. <laughs> um, But for all intents and purposes, I don't care about the game. There's two games left. We can't move up in the standings anymore. No, you can only move down. Yeah, which if we move down, so be it, honestly. I think we'll have discussions on who we play soon. So it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal to move up or down. I think the Penguins kind of have to play this game because it's Pittsburgh Philly. And then a lot of the team has to play against Edmonton because it's McDavid. So you you want to get your, your playoff tester in that game and then bench everyone as, everyone possible for Columbus. Well, And here's the thing. They really can't do much because they don't have any more roster moves that they're able to make until the rosters expand after that Blue Jackets game. So, yeah, maybe Crosby sits in favor of Kapanen, who was a healthy Absolutely. scratch on, on, on su- Sunday. Maybe somebody else sits. Maybe Malkin gets no ice time. Maybe we see a lot of playing time for Jeff Carter and Teddy Bluger and their lines. But realistically... When you look at those two games, and it's it's both games too. Even Saturday, like the Penguins won seven to two, but they were not. That's that's a product of the Red Wings not having a goalie, an actual goalie in net. Not a product of the fact that the Penguins played so much harder on Saturday than they did on Sunday because they didn't. It's not that they didn't try. They were an autopilot. And, and yeah. here's the thing: they were an autopilot. They beat the Red Wings seven to two. Okay, that's a lesser opponent. Malkin came back. He wanted to get back into game shape. He scored two goals. That's what he does. Sunday, the Flyers, here's the difference. They didn't throw out Thomas Grice and then Alex Andelkovich. They put out Martin Jones, who put up a pretty decent performance. And when they got any pushback, the Penguins were like, we're in autopilot. They were in autopilot. Majority of the the Flyers were in autopilot. Their fans were in autopilot. Usually that is a very, very raucous fan base. No matter where they are, they are dejected. There was less energy in that building on Sunday afternoon than in the bubble exhibition game between these two teams in 2020. Hint, 
that game didn't have any fans. There was a similar feel to both of those games that nobody in that arena gave two craps about the outcome of that game on the Penguin side, on the Flyer side, or in any of the fans in that stadium. It's, yeah, nutty. It's nutty. The fans didn't care either. Again, no one in Philadelphia wants to be watching or playing hockey right now. Mm-hmm. They're over. They're on to Philly's season. Phillies, uh, they're probably all ready for the Eagles draft this week. Oh, yeah. Or uh, anybody care about the USFL? Well, they do have the 76ers who are about, oh, yeah, to, that's uh, right. who are about to probably advance to the second round, but Joel Embiid's finger is a little bit of an issue. So, a oh, fake, well. uh, I hate basketball sometimes. Well, yeah, but for that sport, if it's a thumb, it's pretty – I don't know. It's basketball. You know, if it's a thumb in hockey, it's nothing. A broken foot <laughs> is something, though, so we'll uh, – We'll try not to, to bash them too, too much. If you want to look at what the Penguins are like right now, this weekend, the last time you will probably see them try hard to win a game this year was probably last Thursday. And they went out, they took care of business, they beat the Bruins 4 to nothing. Jake Getzel scores a hat trick, notches his second 40-goal season of his career. Casey DeSmith puts up a 52-save shutout. And that was, again, the last time you'll probably see the Penguins try hard and push the envelope to try to win a game this entire season. Regular and season, me, and, and hear me out, that's perfectly okay. Yep, that's fine. Take, get your rest in. Maybe give a little effort against Edmonton because it's Edmonton and yeah. Crosby always has something to prove against McDavid. Quite fun. But the fact that we were able to beat the Bruins. Oh, shut out the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Checks notes. Shut out Brad Marchand. <laughs> Checks notes again. Without Tristan Jari? Without Evgeny Malkin? Without Evgeny Malkin for a game? Yeah. I mean, that was a fun game. I mean, on the back of Jake Ansel scoring three, but also on the back of Casey DeSmith setting a Penguins record with 52 saves and a shutout. Mm-hmm. By the way, why is it only backups that has that record? He beat J.S. Auban <laughs> for that yeah. record. What? Yeah. <laughs> One of... I. Non-ironically, probably one of the worst goalies in recent memory for the Penguins. Uh, J.S. Alban had yeah, that my, record before. My thought process goes immediately to Antti Niemi, but, you know, after that, yeah, probably J.S. Alban. Well, how about long-lasting? Because J.S. Okay, Alban was fair. here for a bit longer than three games. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, how how's always backups with these dumb records? Or Peter Angelo, who was a backup when he made the save. What the hell? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, Flurry, Barrasso, Murray, Jari all have great memories to them, but just the dumb records and the dumb shit that happens, it's always a backup. Mm-hmm. I digress. There's going to be a lot of tangents on this episode, I feel like, already. Yeah, most likely. But uh, nonetheless, 52 saves for Casey to Smith, but it realistically wasn't the most difficult night for him. I think the Penguins still did a really good job of defending, especially the crease for against the Boston Bruins. A lot of those shots came from the outside, outside the dots, up at the top of the key, the top of the key. I'm covering too many sports at once here. Uh, at the top of the defensive zone, so a lot of sight for Casey DeSmith and a lot of time to make those saves. A lot of low danger shots, but still, nonetheless, 52 saves is 52 saves, and a shutout is a shutout, and a good look for Casey DeSmith to play in that game well, to play well against the Red Wings, and it seems like there is no more question he is going to be the starter come game one of the postseason. Yep, probably. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh... The boot and the team photo didn't help it. Maybe that's why it's, it was taken a mile away. Um, what else didn't help it? Oh, quite a lot. I think that's going to be our guy. And uh, 
the op- the idea of playing the Hurricanes would have been fun, but that doesn't seem to be a thing anymore because they lost both of their goalies now, I think. Mm-hmm. They're down Anderson and Ronta went Ronta. out. We'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, they don't know how what the extent of Ronta's was, but it wasn't a collision. He just made a leg save. It looked like a pulled groin, so we'll see what that, what that ends up being. But yeah, Anderson being week to week is not good for the Canes. So things could get interesting down the line here, but... Mm-hmm. One other thing I did want to mention about that Bruins game, not only about that one, but about the game prior to that in Boston, Sidney Crosby played against Patrice Bergeron as they always do. Cassidy and Sullivan always match those two lines up against each other. And usually, especially in the faceoff dot, Patrice Bergeron is able to take it to Sidney Crosby. One of the few players that defensively just understands how to defend Sidney Crosby. In both of those games, both in the faceoff dot and just all over the ice, Crosby was wiping the floor with Patrice Bergeron. Talk about things you love to see. It's something you don't see often, let alone in two games back-to-back that Crosby's able to take it to Patrice Bergeron. Now, again, take it with a grain of salt. David Pasternak was also out for the Boston Bruins. So both teams significantly hampered when it comes to their star prowess. But still, nice to see Crosby get the better of Patrice Bergeron in two games this late into a season. Oh, yeah. I mean... The Bruins aren't the same team they used to be, sure, but no. Patrice Bergeron's still still good, still pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the idea has always been that Crosby's the better player between the two, mm-hmm. but it's but Bergeron has always been able to stifle Crosby for most of his career. I don't, mm-hmm. I'd have to see the numbers, but I think um, he hasn't done phenomenally against Boston over the years, and Patrice Bergeron is a big reason for that. So being able to not slay a demon, but just get a step up on a competitor like that. Yeah. Going into one of the hardest, fiercest, com- more competitive times of the season. It's impressive, and it is, it's good to be noted that Sid's got that leg up again. Mm-hmm. And the thing with that, too, is it, it's just a confidence booster for Sid. Not that he's n- not a confident guy already, but to be able to take it to Patrice Bergeron like the way he did, and knowing that nobody else has ever defended him like Bergeron has... It's a real big confidence booster heading into the postseason. So that was a really good game. Like I said, if you want to see what the Penguins are like at full strength when they are actually trying currently, the best scenario is go back and watch that game against the Boston Bruins on Thursday. A 4 to nothing win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mostly completely healthy lineup. Of course, Jari was out with that injury and Malkin was still suspended. Now Tristan Jari, the only guy on the shelf, knock on wood. Uh, we'll see if the Penguins can stay healthy for their last two games, but... Really quickly, to close out this segment, I just want to talk a little bit more about that Flyers game on Sunday. This was another one of those situations where going into it, you should have known the Penguins were going to come out flat. It's the last road game of their schedule. They're going to finish the, They're going to finish their last week of the season at home, which is great for the team. Their last road game at Philly against a team that has been out of it since the beginning of March. You can't go up in the standings anymore. You can only go down. But at the same exact time, it's just a matter of you knew they were going to go out flat, and it's exactly what they did. Yeah, it was just expected to happen. I don't think – but it's nothing to get worked up about. There was, I saw a ton of people on Twitter just freaking out that that's the downfall of the team. No, they no one cared about that game. No. No one cared. No. I didn't care. You shouldn't have cared. I didn't. Any, everyone listening should not have cared. Yeah. I mean, sure. You, okay, sure. You want to go in and get a moral victory and an actual victory against a very, very bad rivalry across the state. Mm-hmm. 
but it doesn't mean anything. Guess what? It's not a game we're gonna talk in the in the grand scheme of this of these two franchises' rivalry. This is not a game we're gonna be discussing. We're gonna talk about the playoff series. We're gonna talk about that uh, the fight night before the before their playoff series. We're gonna talk about other games more than just this one. Hell, we might talk about talk about the bubble game more than this one. <laughs> yeah, because the bubble game kind of had significance to it. Hey, it's the first time these two teams played hockey during the COVID pandemic. Like, yeah. There's been significance into this rivalry. This game is not one of them. This was not a game to get worked up about. Game 80 of the season, where the Penguins are locked into a spot. They can't advance anymore. And sure, they can drop, but whatever. They can't advance anymore. The Flyers are dead and gone. It's not a game that matters to literally anybody. The only thing that I can think of that made me really want for the Penguins to win that game is if they would have won it, they would have swept the season series against the Philadelphia Flyers for the first time since the 2006-2007 season. They finished 3-1-0 with that being the only loss to the Flyers this year. See, here's my other theory too about this rivalry. No matter how good or bad each team is, there's always some fierceness there. I thought we lost to them this year already. I didn't. And also, you mentioned that stat. See, doesn't matter how good or bad each team is. There's not a series sweep. Well, for the Penguins. I, I didn't really look for the Flyers. But the last time the Penguins swept the Flyers in a season series was 2006-2007. They won all eight matchups in that season. I'm sure they haven't swept us. Uh, I would have to go back and look. But yeah, nonetheless, that's what was at stake. Which is, again, not very much. Not much, uh, yeah. So, before we head to break, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins just tweeted out their nominee for the Masterton Trophy, which is awarded to a player that exhibits commitment to the sport of hockey through perseverance and through hardships. And this year, the Penguins nominee, there's one from every team in the National Hockey League, this year's nominee for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Congratulations to Brian Boyle, who is a former Masterton Trophy winner, of course. Boyle joining the Penguins first on a PTO early in the season, then due to injuries, was able to get a spot on the Pittsburgh Penguins and has played, as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, has played over 60 games. He drew back into the lineup on Sunday against the Philadelphia Flyers. This is a guy that has scored almost 10 goals this year after not playing a single game in the previous season, the 2020-21 season. He didn't play. He thought his career might have been over. Penguins revived it. He's had a great season, and he might be in the Penguins' opening night roster for the playoffs, but nonetheless, a great addition to Pittsburgh and a great guy in that locker room from what we've heard from everybody. So congratulations to Brian Boyle, the Penguins' Masterton Trophy nominee. He has scored exactly 10 goals so far this I thought season. so, but I didn't yes. want to say it because I didn't know for sure. Yeah, you're good. And it's, yeah, he played he's so far. I mean, he's got games left here. 65 games this season, which is over double what I thought he would get in. I've said that a couple times already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, thankful to injuries and COVID and suspensions, he's played almost every game this season. Mm-hmm. Um, especially coming off of, a, off of not playing at all last year and only 39 games the season before. Uh, you could tell from day one of being here. You could tell in preseason games. He was already loved throughout the locker room. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part and has gone a long way in what has made him so likable around the city for fans as well, more than just stepping up in the proper time of us losing centers and mm-hmm. us needing one. Not, it's not often you see someone get signed to a PTO and then signed to a real contract and then play 65 games and then contribute 10 goals. This, that's rare. Yeah. So good on Brian Boyle. Um, I don't know the rest of the nominees across the league yet. Yeah. Odds are not 
great that he'll win it this year, but I mean, it's still the thing. Just it's still a good thing. Just to be, every team gets the nomination. It's still good to have your team's nom. Mm-hmm. And it, I can't think of anyone this year to be more deserving. On the Penguins, um, yeah. No, yeah, I Not think it would be year. it would be him. Maybe the only other person that I mentioned when we were talking about this before we went on the show and when we went on air was Evgeny Malkin, just because coming back from that type of knee injury and now he's over a point a game, probably going to finish over a point a game for this season. Uh, that I thought was deserving of a nomination, but also, I mean, if you look at the way Brian Boyle has been able to come from basically cold to a player for this team, an important player for this team, especially early on in the season, uh, I, I agree that he's very deserving. Yeah, very deserving. Again, can't think of anyone more deserving. You mentioned Malkin. I can agree with that as well. But beyond that, uh, not much. But hey, it's a hell of a story. It's fun to watch. And who knows? Maybe he plays in the playoffs. Who knows exactly what happens? Uh, worst comes to worst, he's probably one of the better, not one of the better, uh, you know, yeah, he's one of the better 13th forwards, 13th forward options in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Solid choice. If I had to predict who would actually win the NHL's award, the NHL's Masterton award, it's probably going to be either Carey Price or Jack Eichel. Potentially, yeah, potentially Kevin Hayes as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories across the National Hockey League, and, and and that's why everybody loves the Masterton Trophy. That's why it means so much to the players that have won it. Brian Boyle being one of them. But for the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, congrats one more time to Brian Boyle, the NHL's and the Pittsburgh Penguins nominee for the Bill Masterton Trophy for the 2021-2022 NHL season. We're gonna take a quick break. When we return, we're gonna look. At the final week of the regular season for the Pittsburgh Penguins, there's two games remaining. There's a little bit of business to be had, and we'll talk about all of that right after the break. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. We talked a lot in in segment number one, not episode number one. Uh, We talked a lot in segment number one about how the Penguins just kind of put it on cruise control over this weekend. They were able to get a win. They suffered a loss. It is what it is because the Penguins, guess what? They can come in third place in the Metro or they can get wild card one or wild card two positioning but they cannot go up anymore in the standings and realistically there's three teams that they're going to potentially play we'll talk about that in segment number three of this show 
But one week remaining in the season, two games, both at PPG Paints Arena. First and foremost, the next game on the slate is against the Edmonton Oilers. Horwat, let me ask you this before we get into the actual game against the Oilers. Has the Crosby versus McDavid rivalry, matchup, whatever you want to call it, has it already kind of run its course in the NHL's eyes? I think so. It's so hard when they play each other twice a twice year. A year. And then you didn't stick, play last year. Yeah, then you stick a COVID year in there. That's hard. I mean, it's reminiscent of what Lemieux and Gretzky would have done for a long time. Mm-hmm. But again, li- literally the same teams. I don't know how often. Uh, I mean, it was a smaller league back then. I know they played the same number of games. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'd have to look look for splits, but I don't know how often those two actually played against each other. Mm-hmm. Until, like, no, oh, I'll say when Gretzky got to New York, uh, Lemieux was retired. So that's it, that's a harder comparison to draw. You can only really look at the uh, Penguins versus Oilers and then Kings in there for a little bit of that rivalry. But I think it's hard to maintain the Crosby versus McDavid win. One's in the East, one's in the West. They don't see each other that often. Mm-hmm. Let's also not forget, one of the teams has been historically fragile. I'm not going to say bad, because they've made the playoffs and they're going to make it again. And mm-hmm. they've just been fragile. They've gotten beaten up. And, I, and I'm trying to, like, you can't even remember. I can't even remember the matchup that these two have had over the years. Let's also tack on Sid's been hurt. Uh, let's tack on. I think McDavid was hurt for their first meeting that they were supposed to have. Yeah, like it's been inconsistent. I think that the two, those two specifically, have only played each other maybe three or four times, if that. Mm-hmm. The and the only one I can remember is that overtime winner. Yeah, and that was a wild game where both of them showed up. But like beyond that, there's not much of the rivalry there because of just unfortunate circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's about it, though. Yeah, and it's weird also because of the way that the Oilers have performed as a team so far in McDavid's career. I mean, you think about Crosby early on in his career, how quickly he became rivals with Ovechkin because that was built in right there. How quickly he was a rival with the Flyers because of the Darian Hatcher game. That was right there. I mean, the Rangers-Penguins was still a tough rivalry. I mean, Lungfist versus Crosby was a huge matchup. McDavid doesn't really have that in the Western Conference. I mean, there is the Battle of Alberta that has kind of resurged itself as of late, but again, the Flames have been a team that vanishes in the playoffs, and the Oilers have been a team that haven't made the playoffs very much. So and then when they make it, it's it, there's a controversial ending to it. Yeah, so there's not really a like laundry list. Raquel. Yeah, I mean, there's not really a laundry list of of big rivals for for Connor McDavid. He hasn't really had that. So I understand that the Crosby versus McDavid thing. It's it's had its due, and this game will be. On ESPN, not ESPN Plus, but ESPN, which is good, and that's attention, and I get it. But at the same exact time, you don't, it doesn't feel like a game that, I mean, even the schedule makers, why was this game scheduled last? It was supposed to be last. The Blue Jackets game was rescheduled to make up for it. So, like, why was this supposed to be the last game of the season? Both of these teams, you would have imagined, are going to be where they're at right now. Second to last game, they're in the playoffs. Neither team really playing for much at this point. So it feels like in the NHL's eyes, this rivalry, which is not even a rivalry, this matchup 
it's kind of lost its luster because I also think the NHL is kind of losing its luster with Sidney Crosby overall, but that's a bigger discussion. So could it could they have scheduled it last to kind of be this last hurrah for the regular season? Like they're putting it on ESPN Plus. Hey, ESPN. this is our last ESPN. Yeah, like hey, this is our last NHL game before the playoffs start. Here's our here's our primer. You know, I'm sure. Like sure, maybe both teams were in. The coaches were ready to sit, well, sit both of them if they were both in the playoffs. Sit them for the last game of the year. But I'm sure ESPN would have gone, "Hey guys, can you do us a favor? Put them both in for a game. They don't have to try, but like the TV spotlight, it should bring something." I bet that was the original thought process. Again, stupid because they're a Western Conference team, and oh yeah, now they have. By the way, we looked at their schedule. They have to go back and play a back-to-back immediately after. Mm -hmm. The NHL screwing over the Oilers here. But I think that may have been the thought process behind it initially is ESPN's going to get their last regular season game. Why not make it uh, kind of a marquee playoff primer? Mm -hmm. And it's not so much a rivalry, but I feel like these two, I mean, we weren't around to see... Lemieux and Gretzky go at it in the same form, but I'm sure that was must see hockey, must see television. Yeah, where wherever it was played. I mean, it's just different nowadays. And you ask about the rivalries, like yeah, Crosby came in immediately had Ovechkin because yeah. they they came they were drafted in different years, but thanks to a lockout year, they started the same year. The whole year was the battle for the Calder. Yeah, um, McDavid. Should have had a battle for a Calder, but again got hurt. Yeah, and then you think about the rest of the rest of these young kids. Like, who's Matthews's rival right now? Himself? <laughs> the yeah, postseason? That's true. Yeah, the, it the was fir- supposed to be the line first round a. of the playoffs. It is the yeah. is the biggest rival for Austin Matthews. It was supposed to be line A, but that fell apart. Uh, Eichel phew. was never able to get anything going. And in, in, that's what it was. In yeah. Buffalo. That was the McDavid Which, one. Yeah, McDavid and Eichel were the same. But again. They're on separate coasts. They're in separate conferences, at least for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. They were in the same conference to start, and then all of a sudden restructure, and they're in the same division. So the NHL has been able to put those two guys together, meaning Crosby and Ovechkin. There's just nobody for McDavid. So this kind of manufactured, hey, Crosby versus McDavid, it's a huge thing. But again, I don't think the NHL is that in love with Sidney Crosby anymore, at least from a marquee standpoint. They're like, yeah, they haven't been on national television really at all until the latter half of the season, until really since March. We had like 10 games in March and April, and I'm not complaining. I really don't care. I love listening to Mirzi and Ari. Yeah. But at the same exact time, it's like, listen, when you look at the marquee matchups, the NHL is going to look for Austin Matthews. And by the NHL, I also mean ESPN and TNT, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, the uh, Avalanche, just because it's the Avalanche, and then they're going to look at New York. They're going to look at Boston. They're going to look at all the original six teams. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about big markets because L.A. squeezes in there. Yeah, They're a big market, but not a big hockey market, man. That town does not know that team exists sometimes. Well, Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. It's such a weird situation. I mean... Mm -hmm. You would think Kachuk up there in Calgary could maybe give uh, McDavid a little rivalry, but again, they don't do it. It's it's a different league, too. Yeah, let's just look at it this way. There is Eastern bias in the National Hockey League, especially in the national media, considering the fact that both Matthew Kachuk, as you mentioned, and Johnny Gaudreau are both over 100 points. I mean, I, Machuk, Kachuk was at 99 the last time I checked, but they're both going to be over 100 points 
Nobody's talking about them. Nobody. Gaudreau should be a Hart finalist this year. Nobody's talking about him. McDavid set a single-season record for him, personal best, for points. And all I saw on it was a single social media post by the NHL's Twitter page. Like, there is clear Eastern bias, and that also uh, goes into this as well. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. Although, it's hard this year. There's a, The Hart Trophy discussion this year is very wide open. You can throw McDavid in there. You could throw Drysaddle in there if you really wanted to. You could throw Austin Matthews in there. You could genuinely, I know he didn't play all season, but if Sidney Crosby played all season, you could throw him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shesterkin was in there for a minute. Now it's just Bevesna for him. It's a little wide open. So the hard trophy discussion does does have its Eastern bias, yes. But it's 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 an open case. Like Anyone can do it. Um, it's probably going to Matthews, in my opinion. It should go to Matthews at least. Yeah, it probably will. Thank goodness that voting happens before the playoffs start. <laughs> For his sake, yeah. For the Lightning's sake, too, two years, a couple years ago, if anybody remembers that. They That's true. swept their categories and then got swept. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the, the Lightning getting swept, the other game the Pittsburgh Penguins do play this week is the last game of the season against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the team that swept the, the Lightning, of course. And we know how you're feeling. We... We know you don't want to hear from us or whatever the tweet was by the Lightning. But nonetheless. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Penguins and the Blue Jackets, again, it'll be similar to this weekend where the Penguins will be like, this is the last game of the season. Sidney Crosby might not play. Evgeny Malkin might not play. They might play an entire forward line down. Who knows? I mean, they have to ice 20, I guess. But like Snooze. Yeah. Latang will probably be out. That We might see Nathan Beaulieu, Louis <laughs> Domingue, and no Crosby and Malkin. That might be what we see. Screw it. Give me Nathan Bowie and his just... Give, give me an all-star level performance. Give me 30 minutes from Nathan Bowie and Mark Friedman. That D-pairing. Let me see all of that. And that'll be that'll be, that'll be be my day. I'll be it's happy. A damn sh- it's a damn shame we didn't mention Mark Friedman earlier because someone said Mark Friedman could have easily amped up that flyer game. Didn't even he think of that. Didn't did really we? want it to. No, but <laughs> at least it would have given some entertainment. It would have. It would have. But didn't need that no yesterday did not need but, that but nonetheless um, yeah that's, give me that's Nathan what they, in the closing game that's what Absolutely. that game's gonna be <laughs> forgot about Nathan Bowie I'm gonna keep forgetting about Nathan Bowie too um until he's until he's back on the Penguins next year lighting it up and we talk about <laughs> Masterton and yeah. is are the Penguins Masterton nominee next year <laughs> oh god no I wouldn't think it'd be him even uh, if, if he, he played I mean how long has he been injured for like he played this like year like a couple right? weeks <laughs> oh he went on LTIR, like, in the middle of March. Okay. I mean, I don't know the injury situation. I kind of forgot he played for a long time and then we, tra- we traded for him. So, hey, regardless, I think uh, – I think we – you're right. I think we do see him in the final game of the season just because. Yeah. So, hey, let's see uh, – all uh, Maxim Lagasse style. Hey, let, we have you on our roster. Let's see what you can do. The same reason Kasperi Kapanen was scratched on Sunday in favor of Brian Boyle. It's like, hey yeah. – we we're, need we're to make things. sure that everybody has enough playing time leading into the playoffs because we need to have options if we need to take somebody out of the lineup. Brian Boyle, you could not ice him the last week and a half and then expect him to come in cold in the playoffs. He's just not going to be able to do it and be effective in the way that he needs to be effective. So yeah, let him play a game. And then Kapanen can sit because Kapanen has been nothing special as of right now. Right. I like that. Even though his, his father was in the building and in the press box. Sitting right next to him. Yep. Former Philadelphia Flyer Sammy Kapanen 
Sitting with his brother, take uh, brother. Sitting brother. with his son, taking in a Penn's Flyers game. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, look at this this way and end this conversation with this. What are you looking for the rest of the way? There's two games. They're both at PPG Paints Arena. What are you looking for in these two outings? Um, no injuries. One. Yes. <clears throat> yes. We'll start there. Bare minimum, please. <sighs> Maybe a little more effort against Edmonton because it's Edmonton national television. You. It's McDavid. Yeah. Crosby will have something to prove. I'm sure there's something going to happen there. Sure. Uh, and let's try and collect another victory. Why not? Right? Yeah. Yeah, let's try and get that three seed. Yeah. Let's try and, like, look good. How about that? We don't have to play hard, but let's try and not look like complete ass. So we have some sort of momentum going into the postseason. I like that idea. Mm. I mean, again, it's the dynamic of gaining momentum before the postseason is so fraudulent sometimes. But I feel like in this situation, we can still bank on, let's at least look like we care and are doing something so the fans can get behind us, we can get behind ourselves, and the players can go do something. Yeah. Because, I mean, like we're mentioning, they're not going to have Jari starting. It's yeah. almost all but certain at this point. Correct. They're going to have to figure out a way to get the defense to look a little more consistent. Setting the lines back up, to normal normal form is a start now it's a matter of deployment mm -hmm. let's have let's hope everyone looks good out there and can at least gain some sort of momentum going into the postseason and at least gain confidence maybe not momentum how about confidence look yeah. good have fun i mean like i said in the middle of the season hey all these tweets about the the boys looking looking like they're having fun during practice that's great because practice is hard to have fun during that's great they're having fun mm -hmm. Can we translate it to a win? That was one of the issues I had during the season. It was all these reporters tweeting, hey, they look like they're zipping the puck around during practice. There's smiles, there's laughs, there's music, they're happy. Like, great. Yeah. They can't win right now. <laughs> and now they're winning again, so let's get that same sort of feel. Like, let's get that vibe. Let's get that playoff vibe. See, what I'm looking for, obviously, you got to stay healthy. Uh, good habits for the Pittsburgh Penguins because when the Penguins are at their best, they're playing really well with the fundamentals. You know, great first passes out of the zone, good breakouts, solid four checks. That's what I want to see. I'll be looking for that, even though it might not be as the biggest intensity. I want to see good habits being formed by the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously. That's a very Mike Sullivan-esque answer there. Also want to see one more good performance from Casey DeSmith. Probably I would like to see him play against the Edmonton Oilers. I don't mind seeing him play both times. I think Domingue does end up getting in in that last game. But I do want to see Casey Smith have a really good performance against Connor McDavid, against Leon Dreisaitl. Even if the intensity is down, I want to see Casey Smith build that momentum that he has had going into the postseason. And the last thing that I want to see is there's a couple of uh, interesting getting close to statistical markers on this team. First and foremost... The fight for the team lead in points is very close. Sidney Crosby has 84 points. Jake Gensel is 83. So I want to see them battle it out to see who, who comes out top and who leads this team in scoring. Secondly, Latang has nine goals. Carter has 18. Rodriguez has 18. Heinen has 18. Malkin has 19. Bluger has nine. Can some of those guys go to the next level? Like, can... Can Latang or Bluger get to the 10-goal mark? I'd like to see that. Can Malkin get one more goal to have it a 20-goal season? I'd like that. One of the three guys, Carter, Rodriguez, or, or Heinen, maybe get to 20 goals. I would like to see that too. Again, all things that don't really make a difference, don't really matter. 
but it's things that I'm going to be looking for. I want to see those guys score those goals, and I want to see Crosby and Gensel. Honestly, I'd love to see them tie when it comes to total points in the season because that would be very poetic, but realistically, very low-level, low-scale things that I'm looking for for these last two games. Any player bonuses wrapped up in some of those achievements? That I don't know. Actually, I don't think. As far as I know, I don't think any Penguins have player bonuses. Could be wrong. I don't know the extent of all of that. Mm-hmm. I just know that one day I flipped on to like uh, bonuses on the Penguins Cat Friendly page, and there was a bunch of zeros. So, but that being said, you bold of you to assume Rodriguez can score two, two goals, goals, let two alone games. one, let alone a goal. Yeah. Um, Gino's gonna do it. I think Malkin's scoring bare minimum once. He'll cross it. Latang would be fun. These defensemen's a little harder. Who else did you mention there? Bluger? Eh, you never know. Bluger needs a goal. Well, here's the thing with Latang. He has nine goals, 58 points and 67, or sorry, 58 assists and 67 points. S- stupid. So he's had a great season. But yes. again, I like round numbers. So 10 goals, 60 assists, and 70 points would be beautiful. That's what that's what I'd like to see. But again, these are all things that, in the grand scheme of things, mean absolutely nothing because these last two games mean like 2% of a thing. They mean especially, basically nothing. Especially with no player bonuses involved. Again, I, I, I can't confirm that, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, but if, if there are none involved. I mean, if there were, I'd assume that Rodriguez already passed his. Yes. So he's not worried about it. Yeah. Uh, Gino hitting 20 could be one, especially since he was hurt and suspended. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the extent of these contracts or bonuses and shit like that. Yeah. Malkin's the one I'm looking at to score at least one more. Mm-hmm. Be Screw it. Amy Rodriguez squeaks one in. Makes us all cheer a little. Makes us all a little happier. <laughs> yeah. He scores two empty net goals. I won't take those. <laughs> I will not count those for him. He was automatic. Every time he shoots the puck, I'm like, do you remember when you were automatic? I don't know what happened, man. Anyway, before he, I get sad, he, it could be an interesting last two games. He evaporated. Gone. Yeah. Dust in the wind. That's literally exactly what happened. So uh, we're going to take one last quick break. When we come back, we're going to keep looking forward, but this time to the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to look at the three potential first-round matchups and talk about all of your reactions as the listeners when you responded to this week's Penn's Poll. We'll be right back here on the tip of the iceberg. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Horwat, weekly Pens poll this week was very fun. I was excited, and there's actually a tie in it. And the question was, of the three potential first-round matchups, who would you most want to see the Pittsburgh Penguins play? I don't know if you've seen the response to this, if you've seen the, uh, the results of the poll, but who do you think have tied? The options were Rangers, Hurricanes, or Panthers. There's two of them tied. It's probably like Hurricanes and Rangers. You're dead on right there. And it's like 
But and I, I'll get into my thoughts later. How well, was the tie? The tie was Hurricanes and Rangers tying for first place in this poll with 40% for each of them. The Panthers finished in third with 20% of the vote. So realistically, votes all over the board in this one, which I think that comes to the fact that the East is all so tight. All of these teams are so good that no matter who you play, it's going to be a similar level of favorite versus underdog. The Penguins are going to be the underdog in any of these series. No matter which way you split split it, they're the underdog going into the NHL postseason against all of these teams. So I think most people are just like, either I don't care or they're all just as good as the, each other. So Horwat, who did you think and who do you now think would be the best matchup for the Pittsburgh Penguins or who do you most want to see, I should say? Most want to see is so hard because I just sit on, especially this year, I'm just sitting on, tell me who we're playing, and I will build my confidence from there. But of those three, again, this might be blasphemous. I'm going to say Florida. Really? I don't care. I'm not scared of them. I think me and Doug, you were having the conversation in the group chat yesterday while you had your phone definitely on silent mode during the flyer game. <laughs> and where you were doing things, he said. Yeah, I was a target. I'm not scared of this of this Panthers team. I don't care how many points they have. I can show you. I can show you the hard numbers of Bobrovsky's playoff stats or playoff numbers evaporating. Yeah. Gone. Sure, he's got multiple Vesnas. Don't care. He's an 890 in the postseason. He's an 890. Sure, he played with the Blue Jackets. He was their was he the starter for the Panthers in the playoffs last year? Uh, he was at first, and then they switched to Spencer Knight, I believe, in game number four or five, something like that. And partial then I think they pass. Went back to him. Yeah, partial pass because they also played the Lightning, who went on to win the Cup anyway. Yeah. But still, uh, I just am not fully scared of this team. They're not. They don't have across the board. They don't have a ton of NH uh, playoff experience. Yeah, he played four games last year, one and three. Mm-hmm. Again, partial pass. Or sorry. That two, one and two, he played three games. The year before, he was one and three with Florida. Um, partial pass because again, it was the Florida, or it was the Tampa Bay Lightning they played against. But as a goalie, no matter who your opponent is, this goes for Casey DeSmith too. You got to make the saves. You got to make the saves, and yeah. you have to support your team enough that you can do something in the postseason. I mean, we've been playing Bobrovsky in the postseason since, no, not 2010-11. Since the, since the Blue Jackets' first appearance way back in 13-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we crushed him. Both times, yeah. Both times. I think I'm not super scared of the team, and it's not just the goaltending. <clears throat> um, I think we eviscerate Radko Gudas on a pretty good uh, <laughs> level on, on many occasions. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Ekblad... Still considered week to week. Good to know. Uh, but he's hurt, so we don't know when he's coming back exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a big name to lose. Sure, you still have, you know, Jonathan Huberto. You want to talk about heart conversations? He could be in there if he really wanted to be. Yeah, that was the first thing I was going to bring up. Yep. Uh, Barkoff's quietly having an 88-point season, about to have 40 goals. Yeah, and he but was yeah. out week to week at one point too, so. Only 66 games. They're... <clears throat> They're very top-heavy, that's for sure, and they definitely have depth as well. I mean, like like we've seen before, uh, the only part I don't, uh, uh, the only part about this Panthers team I don't want to play against is playoff Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, don't want that. Yeah, uh, but 
Oh, man. It, but that would be so fun, though. It'd be entertaining as all hell. Well, and the other problem, honestly, I, I don't agree. And I'll let you get back to your point really quickly. But the thing is, you have playoff Patrick Hornquist, then you have basically his nephew in Sam Bennett. Because playoff Sam Bennett is a pain in the ass to play against, yeah. too. For sure. Oh, Claude Giroux's there, too. But. Well, correct. Yeah. <laughs> <that as well. laughs> but no, I think this team I'm just not scared of. And I'm picking out the... Florida Panthers, just because I don't think we're actually going to play, because I'm using logic, I don't think we're actually going to play the Carolina Hurricanes. I would like to play them too, because now that they don't know what the hell is going on with their goalie situation, um, we're talking about Anderson going down, the possibility of Ronta also being down. They don't know the extent of Ronta, but you're down to who? Who's their third string? I forget now. Uh, I have it in the notes here. His name is Pyotr Kochikov. Yeah, no, I would love to play the uh, the Hurricanes right now, but I just don't see it happening because they built themselves up so high already that it's just unless somehow the Rangers win two more and the Hurricanes lose two more, and then I don't know their uh, I don't know their head to heads. The Rangers would have to win, basically win out, and the Hurricanes would have to lose out because the Hurricanes also have two regulation wins more than the rangers currently so the rangers yeah basically the rangers need to win out and the hurricanes need to lose their last two hey so if those two flip give me the hurricanes i just don't see it happening mm-hmm. um because and that's the other thing too when your second goalie goes down and, and if it's sure the penguins did it with zach Goff, but at the same time i think we knew that at least one of flurry or murray was coming back relatively soon it's different whenever you don't have the knowledge of how long they're going to be out. Mm-hmm. You don't want a goalie coming back going, I'm fine, put me in, because we don't, we're not putting the kid in. We can't do that, it's the postseason. So now you're playing against either a kid or an injured goalie. Yeah. I'll take either of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, again, ideally it's the Hurricanes right now. Maybe even the Capitals, if that, but that can't really happen. That can't happen. Yeah. So, ideally, it's the Hurricanes. Like, that's the ideal. It's also the playoff Hurricanes, man. Yeah, they make they could make some noise. Yeah, um, I feel like the playoff Hurricanes might make more noise than the playoff Panthers. It's all to be seen. So I'm sitting on, realistically, I'll take the Panthers. Give them to me. Okay. Unrealistically, hey, give me the Hurricanes just because that goal no goaltending there. We could figure that out. Yeah, I, when you when I look at these teams, I think the best matchup for the Penguins currently would obviously be the Carolina Hurricanes, especially considering both of their goalies went down. That levels the playing field with Tristan Jari also being out. The Panthers are an interesting case study. I don't think the Penguins would do well against the Carolina, uh, sorry, the, the Florida Panthers. I, I understand a lot of the things you're saying. Sergei Bobrovsky can be unreliable in the postseason. They have not won a playoff series as an organization since 1996. I get all of that, but still, Jonathan Huberdeau, you mentioned Hart candidate, he has 118 points, and he's, or sorry, 115 points, and he's only three behind Connor McDavid to win the Art Ross. Like, that is not okay. That is amazing. And thinking about how good this team is as a whole at scoring, that's what worries me, is the fact that they lead the NHL in goals per game with over four, I think they're like 4.18 or something. And they haven't nobody, been shut out all season. They haven't been shut out all season. And also, nobody else is over four goals a game. The next closest team is the Colorado Avalanche, and they have like 3.9 or 3.87 or something like that. This team scores at will, 
And with Casey DeSmith, listen, I have a lot of confidence in him, especially after the way he performed in the past week. But that is just an otherworldly team, a team that this season has already beat the brakes off of DeSmith. I know that was in only game two of the season, but they scored five on the guy, including three late in the third period. So I don't want to see them play the Panthers. I do understand that it's not insurmountable if that ends up being the case. But I think right now it's the Carolina Hurricanes. If the Hurricanes are healthy with their goaltender, it's the Rangers though. Like the answer is the Rangers. Because even though they have matched up really well against the Penguins, even though they have dominated the Penguins in the regular season, throw all of that out in the playoffs, the Rangers forward crew is the closest comparison to the Pittsburgh Penguins forward crew of all of these three teams. And that's the most important part for each of these teams. Now Shesterkin is the game changer in that one. That would be the entire series right there. Can the Penguins figure out Shesterkin? Because if they can't, they lose to the Rangers. There are so many other ways to lose to both the Hurricanes and the Panthers if the Canes have their full complement of goaltenders. But right now they don't. So right now I say Hurricanes. If their goaltenders are healthy, it's Rangers. And that's 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 where I stand on that. And suddenly we have chosen all three teams. Correct. Correct. That's <laughs> we, what we like we, to do. Indecisiveness. And gentlemen. But not really. Because right now, I mean, Freddie Anderson is week to week. So... And Antiranta, we don't know what his injury is, but it didn't look good. Non-contact injuries are not good. Something when it looks like he pulled his groin, similar to what happened to Matt Murray in 2016, late in the season. So, for game one of the playoffs, wasn't it during warm? Oh no, I'm making that up. That was nope. in 2017, nope. where the he next got year hurt was... in warmups. Uh, yep. 2016, it was the last game of the season, yes. and I believe he got. Either he got no, Flurry was concussed. Murray yes. hurt his legs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was there's I, so many goalie injuries those two years that it's hard to keep track of. But Matt Murray got hurt in the last game of the season at Philadelphia with a uh, with a groin injury, pulling a groin, and he was out for the first two games of that first round series. So even if Ronta isn't playing in the first two games, I like the Hurricanes. Oh yeah, yeah, I like the Hurricanes too. Again, you mentioned it pretty well too. Once the playoffs start, throw everything out the window. That goes for every team. Throw yeah. everything out the True. window. That includes the Penguins. Nothing. It's all as every player will say. Well, there's no record now. It's zero, we're all zero and zero. Well, congratulations. It's the postseason. Um, yeah. But I think quite generally, yes. Like I mentioned, we mentioned we have talked and discussed about all three teams. I really am on the basis of just give me a team. Yeah. I'll be confident no matter what. I'll find more confidence when I know exactly what team we're talking about and where I can pick apart for it to add more confidence. Mm-hmm. Give me any of the three. I think the Rangers might scare me the most, but that's just because they've dominated us this season. And it's recent. Yeah. So, who knows? Mm-hmm. I just, I'm going to be confident in the team no matter what. That could just be Homer biasism as well. Homer isn't biased, I should say. But, uh, hey, you know what? This team's got a lot to strive for. I've been talking about it all year. It's going to be an interesting offseason. Mm-hmm. This isn't, I'm not saying this is the old, uh, the last ride. Is that what it was called? The last dance. The last dance. This isn't the old last dance, but it could be. It <laughs> very well could be. Yeah. It's, the last, it's the last half hour of the dance where they're starting to play songs and being like, you know, these are the last songs. Like, you, you might want to start enjoying these because it's not going to go on for very much longer. That's where that's where the Penguins are at right now. Yep, it's it's uh, the crew's beginning to clean up the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, start getting ready to, for uh, li- the lights to come up, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. It's, oh man, we're scary. 
It is, but nonetheless, it is exciting because it is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that is what is always happening around the middle of April, a little bit later this, this year, starting at the beginning of May, but it's going to be very exciting. We have a couple of quick show notes before we go today. First and foremost, for next episode on Thursday, we're going to have our rundown of the Pittsburgh Penguins Awards. We're going to bring it out. Best first-year Penguin, breakout player, unsung hero, best hair, Team Selkie, Team Norris, and Team MVP. We don't want to crown the Iron Penguin Award that day because there's still one game left. Currently, the only nominee is Evan Rodriguez. So if he plays in these last two games, he wins the Iron Penguin Award. But nonetheless, I'll run down through those awards again because what we want is we want you guys to send us your award winners, your best first-year Penguin, your breakout player, your unsung hero, best hair, Team Selkie, Team Norris, and Team MVP. We'll put out a post that you guys can just comment under, which will make it nice and easy and simple. And we will talk about all of that on Thursday's episode. Not only that, but next Monday. This one, you don't really have to do much for. In this segment here, Penn's Poll, we will not have a poll out this week for Penn's Poll next week because what we will be doing is breaking down the first round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We will be giving our picks and our predictions as we do every single year for the playoffs for the entirety of the first round. How many games each series will go? Who will win each series? That will be in favor, or sorry, I should say in lieu of the Pens poll next week. But those are our show notes. Make sure you go to our Twitter page at Iceberg Podcast and check out all of the awards. Let us know who you give your awards to and we will mention it on the show on Thursday. That'll do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys on Thursday where we get to crown all of the award winners for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Have a great week, Penguins fans. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwat 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.